Hope everybody's doing great this morning. Thank you and welcome you all. Um, welcome any visitors. Um, and also just for notification, the pastor, it's his, it's a fifth Sunday, so he gets a little day off or week off from preparing sermons. And uh, we're, we're so grateful that he does it on a weekly basis because, uh, as some of us know, it's, it's a lot just for us to do it as once a time a, a year. So we're so blessed to have him to be able to do it weekly. But we certainly want to give him a little bit of time off once in a while. So it's a fifth Sunday, and that's typically when he gets time off from that. Um, yeah, he might have been up late <laughs> for that. Yep. Um, just for my knowledge, unless somebody says, I don't think we have a children's story this morning. Listed in here, I just want to double check. Okay. Um, we have sign up in the Narthex for nursery for during service time. So if you would please uh, sign up uh, to cover our young ones when when they're here and uh, give give the parents an opportunity to sit through the service. Uh, take our young ones out after a typical children's story. If you want to make it to church or to Sunday school and you haven't ever done it before, just leave your clocks the way they are next Sunday, and you'll be here in time for, for Sunday school. Otherwise, uh, it, next week it, it changes back, so uh, just be aware of that for uh, your service. And if you've got the smartphones, it does it for you, and you almost don't have to think about that anymore. Are there any other announcements at this time? Yes, please. It's growth group. It's Thursday week for growth group, so uh, expect some stuff from the pastor on that if you already haven't gotten something on that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just those Thursdays, growth group week. Excellent. Thank you, Gary. Any other announcements? At this time, we'll go ahead and open our service. Uh, we'll sing hymn 111. Please stand.
standing, please. Um, <clears throat> this time we'd like to, through our confession of faith, the Apostles' Creed, it's what we believe, what our church is about, uh, and then after that we'll do our doxology. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, and sitteth on the right hand of God. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Standing, let's sing Fair Lord Jesus, hymn 123.
seated. Father, oh, Almighty has graciously uh, chose or, or, or offered or whatever to uh, help us out this morning and share the Word of God with us. So, uh, Michael will kind of finish up the, the, off the order of service when, when Todd gets finished with his message uh, from, from Scripture. So, uh, we welcome Todd to the pulpit this morning to share the Word of God with us. Thank you, Todd. Well, good morning. Certainly good to see everyone here today. Very humbling to be in this position here today as well. As you had seen in the bulletin, the, the scripture that we're going to be on today is Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Now, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus talking. And he is going to, we're going to take a look at this. I want us to, to look at this because it, it lets us know how Christ views us and what he also expects from us. Uh, So we'll go ahead and we'll read our scriptures and then we'll open up with some prayer. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time to come together to read your word, Lord, and to study it, Father. Pray that you'd just be with us in this, Lord, that you'd speak through me and help me to get out of the way, Father. That you'd help all of us, Lord, to diligently seek after you, Lord, and seek to do your will above all things. For it's in Christ's name we pray. I want to go over this one here because, you know, whenever we accept Christ, he is the salt of the earth. He is the light of the world. And when we accept him in, that is imputed to us. So what is, the, what is salt and light? It is God's characteristics and attributes on display through us for all the world to see. We take it out to the world, and this is what they see as Christ. Now, I was in a restaurant here just a little while back or some time back, and I was sitting very close to this table of gentlemen that had came in. And they were having a lot of fun. And they were cutting up and they were telling stories and, and carrying on. But the, the problem was that some of these stories were just a little bit coarse. And some of the words were words that we try not to use. And then the, the real problem came is whenever the food came, then they decided to pray over the food. Well, that's a, a bad misrepresentation of our Lord and Savior. And for anybody that was in the restaurant that might not have been a believer, that's given them the wrong view of what we as Christians are and what we're about and how we are to conduct ourselves and do these things. And I had one here from the pastor, John Stott. He said at the Cape Town, Louisiana Conference, the greatest hindrance to the advance of the gospel worldwide is the failure of the lives of God's people. You know, in these days we have so much that comes in and pours into our lives. In ancient times... The way that they got salt is they went to the Dead Sea and they would bring up the water and they would evaporate this off and they would get their salt. Now, the problem with this here in in doing this thing is also is that the Dead Sea is the lowest point. Everything goes to the Dead Sea. So you also get a lot of trace minerals and other mixtures and additives that comes in there along with the salt. It's not a pure salt that's coming in and that you're getting out. 
So you don't know what's mingled into this. So some of the salt that they would have brought out would not have been good for putting on the table to enhance the flavor of anything. But, you know, you'd have just taken it out to the paths and, and kind of like kept the grass beat down, keep everything killed off on the pathways with that salt. And that's not the way that we want it to be in our lives. And you used to would say, you know, be careful for what, uh, what you go out to the movies and you watch. And then it became that it wasn't no longer that you just picked up the signals for your TV through the antenna. It came in in different ways and you had to be careful there. And you also always had to be careful in the world what was getting placed into you. But now it's even easier because it can come right through those little devices we all carry around every day, don't it? Our little telephones can be very, very bad. They can be very good but very bad. And so like the Dead Sea, we want to be careful of what we let flow into our lives. We don't want these bad things flowing in and allowing them to come in. We've got to keep those out. So there are several things here, characteristics for, for salt. One of which, we're going to go over three of those, would be taste. Now, salt really enhances the flavor of things, doesn't it? I mean, when I go out to grill something, I don't put any additives on there. I just salt the top of it really good. So it will bring out that flavor of whatever it is I'm grilling. And it really does. It pulls it out. And that's what we're supposed to be like out here in the world, too. We flavor the area that we have been placed in by God. The people we come in contact with, we help the, the conversations that are taking place when they're in our presence. We, we try to lift up those that are, are feeling down or speaking down on themselves or other things. So we are a flavoring. We are like that salt we are used to, to bring out the best in the areas of life where God has placed us. One of the other um, things that we have as, as an attribute of, of salt is a preservative. And preservative stops decay. Salt does this. It doesn't stop it from then on. We know that it, things continue to decay, but we can slow this decay process down. And if anybody's ever been to the beach, you know, if you've got a little cut or something that you go out into the ocean, it helps it, doesn't it? It kind of stops that. It helps out that thing and helps the healing on that, of that process. And so we want that preservative in the life, too. We are supposed to be a preservative out there as well. One of the third, or the third thing that I would, uh, would speak of on salt is, is the thirst. When you eat salt, salt creates a thirst, doesn't it? And when we're out here in the world, we should be creating a thirst, too. A thirst with those that are around us, that need us and see us. And, and not a thirst to know us so much, but the thirst to know Christ to lead them to Christ. We should make them thirsty for what it is that we have, the peace and the joy and the times that don't seem like we should have any of these things. This should create a thirst in the others that are around us that, that have not yet accepted Christ. Now, we know that Jesus is the salt of the earth. He not only provides taste, but he also provides life. He doesn't just prevent decay. He removes even the possibility of decay. He not only makes you thirsty, but satisfies every thirst, which comes from Isaiah. And he is. He's the water of life. So not only does he, he provide those, but the, the, he quenches our thirst too when we are thirsty. And hopefully that is what we are, is thirsty for him. Now as we look on into the, the part about the light, we have a Christian-to-Christian light where we encourage one another and I want to, to thank my, my brothers in Christ who, who uh, come together during this time whenever I was going to do this and help me to bring out some of these things and help to encourage me and the pastor, of course, as well. 
But in our small groups, we do these things. When we see each other down, we are doing these things. That is shining God's light whenever we help to lift up those others that are not feeling too good or that are having some rough times. And we encourage our brothers and sisters. And we uplift them to good work. And then we have a, another one, which is the Christian to lost light. People who are lost out there in the world. We have a lot of these out in our world. There's a lot of darkness out there. And, you know, we live here in a rural community. It's not like being in the city where you go down the road and you've got street lights and all these things going on that kind of light up the things. You will have some, some lights there at the house and some uh, yard lights and everything. But no one would go down the road and, and turn on their headlights and then go put a bell on them, would they? You, you wouldn't do that. You couldn't see where you're going. But yet we have a lot in our world today that are going down life's highway just like that because they don't know Christ. And so we want to make sure that we are shining that light in this world. It says it's through evangelism and bring them to safety in Christ. This is like the city on the hill. It shines. It stands out. And that's what we are supposed to do when we're in this world. We have Christ in us, and we don't want to come in. It's, it's wonderful that we're coming in and we're hearing the Word. It's wonderful that we have the small groups and we're studying and hopefully reading the Bible. But we don't want to just take these things in and then not take it out to the rest of them and let the light shine. We don't want to cover it with the basket. You want to take these things out to the rest of the world so that they have understanding, that they can be drawn in, that they can know who Christ is. And we have church to the world light because we are different. As those gentlemen in the restaurant, you know, hopefully they did know Christ, but they were not representing him well. We hear a lot of things these days also about our churches and the different things, the doctrines that they are trying to go into. It's all got to come from, from God's Word and from Christ. We are different. We are different. We're not to blend in with the rest of the world. Now, in blending in with the rest of the world or being out in the world, you know, you don't want to blend in, but you are going to stand out. As light, you will stand out. That can bring on criticism. Some people will pat you on the back and, and encourage you, and that's wonderful. But there's going to be a lot of criticism out there as well. But this is what we are called to do is to take this light out into the world. We are to shine before these other men and women so that they can see who Christ is. We're not putting the spotlight upon us. We're not trying to draw them to us. We are trying to direct them to the one true light, and that is Christ. It says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. That's Jesus speaking. And we know this as Christians, and we want to reflect this light. And, you know, in the, the other older times and in times past, you know, you would have the old oil lamps. And, you know, if you I understand, I didn't really actually work one too much. But, you know, you could smoke up one of those oil lamps. And then you couldn't get the light to come through as good. And, and that's what happens when we allow these bad things to come into our lives and we don't do anything about them. Whenever we hear people speaking that is not right, the words that they are saying is not true and right of Christ, and we don't do anything to correct it or when we have the opportunities out there to tell someone about Christ, but yet we go on because we have a, a fear of what might be said. We can't do those things. We are the light of the world because of him, and we direct people to Christ because of this. So light is meant to be used, to be seen and used in the darkness, and it really does. It pierces through the darkness, doesn't it? If you've ever been out there on a night whenever it is dark, there's no moon shining. 
and someone's got a headlight or a light coming through, it, it stands out from a long ways, doesn't it? And that's how we're supposed to be as individuals. It's also how we're supposed to be as a church in helping others and shining Christ's light. It's a rural community here, and, and we see that these things, it does get dark at night. And I've had the, the blessing of also having a couple of friends in Illinois. And so I have an open invitation any time to come up and hunt. And some of those days, some of those stands that we go to might be 20, 30 minutes back in the woods. And I wouldn't dare try to come out without that light on. I've got to have that light shining through. And believe me, if, if your headlight goes off, you'll be quick to get on the radio and ask a friend to come out there and help you out. And it's a wonderful thing to see that light coming through the woods to come and get you. But, you know, that's how we are to those who are lost, too. We're coming through that darkness to help them. We're coming to bring them out, to help them to see Christ for who he is and what he will do for them in their lives. And we veil the city when the church doesn't live differently. It doesn't help anything when the church doesn't. We veil the lighthouse when we don't proclaim the gospel. And we veil the headlights when we are not in his word. And that is the thing that we really, truly need to be in. We can't do these things on our own. We, we can't on, on good want-tos or anything else. It's through a daily walk with Christ. If we're not in that word daily, we start to drift a little bit. Things start to get a little bit darker. We're out in a world where there are so many things that pull upon us. And so we need that walk with Christ, that time of meditation and in his word so that we can live up to what it is, the standards that he has, because we can't do it without him. So here's the question for us today, for all of us. If you were the only Christian that the people around you ever met, would they have a thirst for Christ? Would they want to know who he is because of the way you live and the way you treat him? I'm hoping so. I'm striving for that. I'm trying for that. And I'm praying for that. But we certainly want to direct everyone we can to Christ. Well, I'll go ahead and close this in prayer for today. Thank you very much for letting me speak. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day to be in your house. Lord, just pray that you'd help each one of us, Lord, to seize every opportunity that you give us, Lord, to speak to others about you, to shine your light into this world, Lord. Pray that you'd just help us to recognize any opportunities that we have in this upcoming week, Lord, and that you would give us the words to speak to them, Father. We just thank you and praise you for today and pray that you go with us as we go out throughout the week. We pray for all those who are on our prayer list. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Todd. Time of communion. If anybody didn't get their container, just Ron's in the back. He'll be happy to hand it off to you. While we're doing that, you ever ask the question why we, we are taking communion every week now? I'm glad we do. I'm glad we have these containers. You know, I miss our serving and, and taking it. From the plate, that was a special time, but due to COVID, we're limited at that, but we're not letting it stop us, so that's important to know. We take communion each week as a response to what we hear. We, we come together as the Church of Christ, and we're 
here we sing, we hear God's word, and this is our opportunity to respond to it. And don't let it, don't forget that we're coming together as God's church, as God's family, brothers and sisters, united together through Christ. So this is another reason why we come together to do this. He died for our sins. He took our sins upon himself that were no longer burdened by this heavy weight of sin, restored ourselves to him, our relationship. Let's not forget about that. Let our joy be full. We're members of Christ's church, then we're free to come and take of this. But we have to also remember that we have to have a, a clean conscience about it. If we've had a bad week, if we've slipped into some kind of grievous sin, I would encourage you just not to take. And if you're not part of the church, the global church, if you're an unbeliever, I encourage you to take Christ, as Patrick says. Turn and repent and trust and believe. You take out the, the bread and hold it and reflect upon what this represents, Christ's body that was torn, beaten, shredded, scourged. It was a sacrifice. Just pause for a moment and know how deep the Father's love was for us, that he would give his son to do this. So just take a moment and pause and we'll eat together. It's the body of Christ broken for you. Take. Now open and hold your plastic cup. It's a very small amount of grape juice, but it represents Christ's blood poured out over you. We drink this, though, as a celebration. He's not dead. He's alive. He will return, and we look forward to that day. We ask daily in prayer that he would come quickly. So let's just share in this victory as we drink together. Let our hearts be glad and rejoice to our King. Let's stand for our closing hymn. Hymn 113, Rejoice Ye Pure in Heart.
for the benediction. Say it every week. It's Christ's last words to his disciples. It's his uh, instruction to us as well. That's why we say it together. So repeat with me as we say this, the Great Commission. And Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Go in grace.